0: It's time for a bonus. A bonus episode. I love episodes of theater, 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 theater.
1: We're going off the beaten path.
0: Off the beaten path. We're off.
2: off. Uh, Yeah. uh, 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 A new girl uh, named (laughs) Nikki.
0: (laughs) <laughs> uh, what?
2: The right uh, stuff. Rid- <laughs>
1: <laughs> right stuff. Hello, the right everyone. Thing. Welcome to the 1980s. We're going to take right you back stuff. to the
3: 1950s. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, Where birds, men uh, had
1: the right stuff.
3: They did. The right stuff. Um, did you guys ever hear the uh, Weird Al Yankovic spoof of that? The white stuff? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, 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 Rio. What's in the middle? The white st- stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Fuck me. I have a very important Oreo question for okay. The two of you. Okay. The
3: answer is I break them up and I uh, <laughs> I eat the cream first.
1: What do you call regular Oreos?
2: Oreos. Oreos.
1: Diet Oreos. The only real Oreos are double stuff Oreos.
2: No, uh, the only real Oreos are Mega stuff.
1: Oh yes. I mean I don't even really eat the cookies. <laughs> I like peel off the cookie and hold on to the tiniest part of the cookie just so I can eat all the cream filling.
2: Yeah,
3: I um no, I actually I freeze them and eat them whole. They're fucking delicious, bro. That's some but
1: menopause I... stuff there. That's what my mom Sure. Made.
3: Or like pregnant. <laughs> um I will tell you though, um uh one of them has dairy and one of them does not
1: really and right. i can't
3: remember which one's which i'm pretty sure it's the double stuff does not alexa. actually have dairy the ori- the original... you're constantly yelling to alexa and you never get the question answered what the fuck? <laughs> give me the answer <laughs> the
2: original oreos are vegan
1: yes i've heard that before
2: hey
3: google <laughs>
1: My Alexa's in the other room. It's usually a CJ joke that I'm waiting for Scott to laugh at, but Scott never laughs at it, and I'm just being a dead horse. Scott doesn't
3: think we are funny, and it's fine.
1: <laughs> it's fine.
3: That's hey, not true.
2: I think you're funny, Bailey.
0: Oh,
1: oh
2: what? No. I love Kong. you. Both. I love you both.
1: At present time, you both Kong bring me Oreo joy. Sandwich cookies do not contain dairy ingredients. Oh. Original and double stuff.
2: Oh.
3: So so one has somebody,
1: it? Neither. Neither okay well one.
3: that makes it even worse because it that it, 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 it means it's not cream it's not cream it's like Nobody coffee made powder not cream. it's like that's oh it's not cream. so good it's though cream.
1: i just love it so much
3: if it's not milk based it's not cream and i'm saying all milks almond it can be almond powder that's a that's a sure i'll call that whatever but it's just let's not.
1: let's make this an, an stuff episode about oreos an stuff, and
3: we'll, stuff. <laughs> we'll peanut oreos. butter oreos or or nothing
1: mm. um <laughs> <laughs> welcome to theater
3: theater the theater podcast or theater people made by three Stupid fucking nerds from the LA theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Bertram.
0: I'm CJ Bailey. <laughs>
2: and I'm Scott Leggett. <laughs>
3: yes, you are. And this is our bonus series where we get to giggle all we <laughs> want. Theater, theater, and stuff, where we pick theater adjacent things and we nerd out over them. And this week is a Scott's pick. It is. Got it. Why Scott's don't you. Pick introduce us yeah. to the topic and then tell us why you chose it
2: i will thank you thank you uh, bailey oh, oh. thank you The uh, right.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: my pick is the right stuff that i buy the new kids on the block no no no, oh. no. a movie oh, okay. uh, based on the book um tom wolf tom wolf um i chose it uh well, i chose it for a number of reasons we just did our sam Shepard. Uh, <laughs> recently, and uh, uh this movie has Sam Shepard in it. He <laughs> got a <an> Oscar <laughs> nomination. It also has one of the most insane overall casts ever. Lots of handsome white guys. Lots of handsome <laughs> white guys. Beautiful white women. Um yes. and absolutely. I'm, a lot I'm, of white people up in here. A lot of white people. <laughs> yeah. Um I In fact the, I would go as
3: far to say, and all white cast. Absolutely no. No, doubt. there's
2: one Hispanic. Oh. You're
3: right. There's a horribly uh... yeah,
2: yeah. It's the one wow. thing, I and I will, that. and we will talk about the problems. I will. We'll also talk about hidden figures because there's a way to use hidden Ooh, figures to sure. create a single mega awesome film. Okay. Um, both films are awesome really <laughs> as well. Um, Jesus Christ, you
3: crack. <laughs> smoking whore wow crack i'm sorry it's it's a chain smoker i don't know why crack quarantine
1: has done some shit to me (laughs) are you on the crack
3: now (laughs) it's fine hey where are you Uh, crack? Jesus. Smoke, I just pictured you smoking crack watching the right stuff like screaming at <laughs> Sam Shepard.
0: Go faster! Oh, um,
3: it's okay, how I okay. prepped
1: for my Shepard scene.
3: Right. Perfect. Um. Oh yeah, we should shout out uh, no, we won't because it's on a totally different episode. We it shout that happened out a long smoking crack. Did, yes, right? Jeez. We should shout out when uh, CJ smoked a bunch of crack and then acted for you guys in the last miniseries. Um, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I'm so the right not. stuff, is a, it's alright. i is a 1983 American epic historical drama written and directed by Philip Kaufman. Uh, It was adapted from Tom Wolfe's best-selling 1979 book of the same name about Navy, Marine, and Air Force test pilots who were involved uh, in aeronautical research at Edwards Air Force Base, California, as well as the Mercury 7, the seven military pilots who were selected to be astronauts for the Project Mercury, the first human space flight by the United States.
3: We should shout out that uh, Philip Kaufman... Uh, writer director of this film, uh, also wrote Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade.
2: Excuse me,
1: <gasps> no, Excuse me. Raiders that, of the
2: Lost Ark. He didn't write it. It's
1: my second paper. He
2: has a story credit. He was the one that basically said
1: he came George up Lucas, with Salah. George
2: Lucas said, "I have this character. He's an archaeologist. He's going to be a swashbuckling adventurer." Oh, so story can... by. Got it. Yes, okay. and okay. so Philip Kaufman was like, "Oh, he should go after the Ark of the Covenant." We got to talk about the right stuff this yes. is serious
3: i'm ready this is our this is our bonus and stuff people really are, have been you know waiting for this for a really long time
2: <laughs> they have not been waiting for this right. um uh the other reason i chose this movie is i i'm not a big fan of nostalgia but this one is hits really close to home for a number of reasons it was a big bonding movie with my dad nice huge uh also i was an air force brat and so a lot of the stuff that happens is it it's really close to home uh, i.e mm. showing up at a base and being assigned base housing and watching <laughs> watching your mother's expression as she walks in and going oh my god like yeah. oh my god wow um and just sort of the way, uh, and I think it's reflected in the women in, in the film, the way the military ripples through and has an effect on the entire family. Like, I remember very clearly coming home from school one day and being told, we're moving to Japan. Oof. What? I remember, like, coming home from school one day and going, we're moving from Japan to Florida. Like, Like, just things like that would happen, and you sort of it's just one of the things that like I could just recognize. And I thought they did a great job of capturing sort of this weird disconnect. The dudes, the men were just doing their jobs. They just had jobs to do. And yeah, you know, but then uh, especially um, the, the time period of this film, I also, so this is, a, I don't mean to turn things into darkness, but this is a true story that I think needs to be told because I think that um, one of the great, things the film does is sort of capture the danger that these people put themselves in yeah I had a dear friend of mine who in seventh grade was sitting in class out an Air Force Base as she, she was a brat uh, and there was a plane crash there was one of the Jets crashed um, she heard it and about three hours later somebody came to get her from school and she had heard her father die. She had heard her father crash. Damn. And so like, and that happened after I'd first seen the right stuff, the film, but mm-hmm. there are moments that made moments resonate. I think the moment, like not jumping ahead too much, but the moment where Annie Glenn is watching, she's on the TV there, you know, the coffees, they have the reporters in her face. They're filming her watching her husband get on top of a bomb mm-hmm. to potentially die. Yeah. If if he dies, that's going to be filmed. Her reaction will be captured, and I yeah. just felt like woof. Like in terms of like some of the the just pure human moments of that movie. Yeah. Um. It, that, I think it's why it stuck with me. There's also a lot of quotable moments in it, and 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 all that. We'll get Absolutely. In, get into. Um, I uh
3: I saw this movie as a kid. Um. I was a huge space kid. Yeah. <laughs> just huge into space. Still space am. camp. Yeah, I went to, oh yeah, yo, Space Camp is a great flick. It is,
2: uh, I love it. I love that movie, but I
3: did go to Space Camp uh, as a kid in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Um, and it's, uh, it's the best of times, but I'm a huge space nerd. There is a space museum uh, outside of Wichita, Kansas, about 45 minutes out, called Hutchinson, Kansas. The name of the museum is called The Cosmosphere. Ooh. And The Cosmosphere is the first place I ever saw an IMAX film. they had the big imax (laughs) dome that would go all around you and so the whole screen you know it looked like you were in a world of whatever and it was the first time i remember watching something and like you know they did like um uh basket training before they like went up in a in a um spaceship or whatever and so they would like jump in a basket and ride down the zip line or whatever Mm. and they had a camera in it go down it and it felt like you were on the fucking yes yes like i just remember being blown away by that um imax technology as a kid but we'd go every year at least twice a year i'd go with my family um and then the school school would always take us because it was close enough and there's a ton of history there they in fact have the original flown command module of the apollo 13 odyssey oh Mm. shit so yeah and they have actual space suits from the Apollo missions. They have um, moon rocks from uh, the Apollo 11 mission. They uh, And then a really cool part, they have an actual, actual Mercury 7, uh, which is what the, the right stuff is following the Mercury program. They mm-hmm. have an actual spacecraft, uh, the Liberty Bell is what it was called. Yeah. Uh, the Liberty Bell 7. And then probably the most exciting in terms of what we're talking about here is they have the X-1 rocket plane, Glamorous Glennis, used in the movie. The yeah, yeah. So they have the replica. The original was apparently scrapped, um, but this has pieces of it. The cockpit is is the original cockpit.
1: Oh, cool. That he
3: actually wrote in and broke the sound barrier in. And it's orange, and it's beautiful, and the rest is a replica, obviously, but it says Glamorous Glennis on the side and everything. But that was always my favorite part, of the museum experience was this whole section, the headed into space travel and the story of Chuck Yeager and him not getting to go and this whole like big, yeah, whatever. So this movie stuck with me, uh, but I hadn't watched it since I was maybe like eight or nine. Mm -hmm. So this was a really big treat for me to get to rewatch it. This, you know, three hour, 15 minute, just kind (laughs) of epic feel good. But like also like is kind of honest about, some of it and 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 you know they were sleeping around and they weren't just these like perfect men and they were you know and uh ed harris gives the performance of a lifetime and it's he's great uh, and sam shepherd obviously just like steals our heart from the beginning it he proves from the beginning that he's a fucking cowboy mm-hmm. um i'm a huge fan of it uh but cj have you seen this movie before this viewing
1: I had never, ever seen this movie before, but like, definitely like Scott, what you were saying, total dad vibes. I haven't talked to my dad about this film yet, but I bet he's watched it and could Mm -hmm. tell me everything about it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's just one of those, I think, cause it covers so much history. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's compressed, but we're, we're dealing with a lot of stuff, you know? And, um, what was it that occurred to me the other day? Oh, there's the scene between the wives. Where they mm-hmm. talk about, they don't talk about anything. They don't yeah. talk about anything. And we just, hey. in an episode, we're talking about how that generation was just like, we don't talk about it. We don't. Well,
0: yeah.
1: and, and I had a thought that those women were my grandmother's age. Mm-hmm. They were, right. they, that was, 53 was when my mother was born. My dad yeah. was born in 47. So, like, that was just when they were kids and growing up. The other thing that this made me think of, too, was while I hadn't seen this film, just the event and you guys were talking about this time period, um, the amount of television shows that I've watched that have referenced this time in history. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm thinking more specifically of the moon landing, like the Mad Men episode with the moon landing and um, the Crown episode where Prince Philip meets the astronauts after they've come back. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that a lot too while I was watching this.
2: Yeah, it was... It was huge. And that was the thing that I remember listening to my dad talk about um, after having seen it. And, and then I'd read, read, ended up reading the book too, was that this was everything. There was yeah. nothing else on television. You couldn't switch, you could switch the channel, but the other channel just had their coverage of Yeah, of the, the space other, thing. It the was, only other channel was. Yeah, it, it was, that was it. the big three networks had Right. The coverage of the thing. And 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 it was and it was it was also heated because the Cold War was beginning to unfold. And, you know, there's the great yeah. line early in the movie, the Russians, those are our allies. Like, <laughs> and it's it, right. And how quickly it turned and how, like, frustrated they were like, they, you know, the also, Russians got that motherfucker up in space real fast, and yeah. they didn't do a lot of safety checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know,
0: and the
3: movie kind of ends up being also in in those moments about paranoia, right? Oh, yeah. And it's something we're kind of living in right now, and something that Shepard touches on with his uh, writing a lot. And yeah, it is interesting that so many. America obviously this movie is going to be chock full of American idealism and American Uh, ideas for sure but the amount of times that I went wow it's kind of amazing that Sam Shepard is in this
1: right (laughs) I wrote down like I felt like because this was 83 so this was what a year after True West
2: yeah yeah
1: I felt like his plays are in reaction to the characters and plot lines he plays in because he is he's like the handsome all-American man what an idealized character to play and then he's like no but this is what america's really like yeah it
3: makes (laughs) me feel like he he probably chose scripts very carefully Mm -hmm. because he was a playwright and i i wonder if like you know because you think about like even you know mud which i brought up in in his episode or, or even or even um playing beverly in august osage as a final performance he's just like they're perfect for him he's never done anything that wasn't right down the line for him and that wasn't in line with thematically with what he is sort of always touching on so that's pretty epic he's a fucking cowboy yeah
0: um, <laughs> i read
2: is. um i read an interesting thing as as the book was being the book was a huge hit before the movie right, obviously, but right. i think the book was 79 mm. or something yeah. um and so it kind of you know jumped around from place to place. Um, but once Philip Kaufman came on board to direct, he hated the, the screenplay that was currently there. He thought it was way too patriotic. So he was trying to dial back the patriotism and sort of focus more on the human element of, you know, what, what it would, what it took for these, you know, guys to do what they did. Um, and and just so many of the performances are just so fucking great i i want to give a shout out first of all to fucking um harry shearer and jeff gold jeff goldblum who,
3: who, the...
1: oh hey there young jeff goldblum <laughs> absolutely <was> like, <laughs> who
2: are
3: unnamed by the way <laughs> what right. really yeah they're just like nasa guys
2: they weren't like, the guys yet they weren't like jeff goldblum had been in stuff they both had been in stuff but they
3: <sighs> want a
1: dish but early always-
3: on, in the when they're He's in that snack. first scene where you first meet them, and they are watching the footage, right? And they're trying, they're going through potential people that they uh-huh. could, yeah. And they're just in the background doing this. Stop, stop embarrassing me! What are you doing? Wait, are you trying to because the- they keep calling one guy the wrong name. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's not him; it's the other guy. And it's uh, so subtle, and it feels improvised. It feels I'm sure like it improv. I'm sure and it's it was so funny. I was it so just, funny giggling through the whole thing they they really still but then you never really see them again after like no they, they
2: pop up until their recruitment interior, stuff and, and they it, it's a great fucking device because that was a whole department of people they have mm-hmm. th- that represented you know, literally a hundred people throughout the country who were trying to to do this recruiting and i just thought it was a great device to put these sort of two dipshits and you know in black suits and and send them you know around to absolutely the scene on the with goldblum puking on the aircraft oh but he's like still trying to talk (laughs) we're we're gonna totally (laughs) we have all
1: been there we're 100 (laughs) uh, um, percent. so good can i i have one slight rewrite that i Uh, want them to put And yeah. I can't even remember which scene it was in, but they're talking about.
3: We'll call Philip Kaufman and let him know which yeah.
1: which scientists that the Russians have, and they say our Germans are better than their Germans, and <laughs> yeah. it should be our Nazis <laughs> are better than their Nazis. That's true, so, Werner he, Braun, he,
2: von Braun. <laughs> <laughs> Werner, Braun. well, he and he—that's another thing. He was kind of doing a dig as as best he could, Philip Kaufman, because most of those guys. It was shown in the movie that the, it was this team of Germans. Most of those dudes in real life, most of those engineers in real life were mostly Americans, but there were Nazis there. Uh-huh. Von Braun was a Nazi. They were this also straight up Nazi.
3: leads <laughs> us to the side of it that they don't show at all, that they recently finally made a movie about hidden figures.
0: Yeah.
3: Right, yeah. Scott? So I know you yeah. wanted to bring that up. It's, it's, yeah. it's a whole other side to this story that you're right. I think if you if you were able to make like a six-hour film and, and and mash the two together, it would be poignant as shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Well, and so I've done this one time. I've now done it. So back in the day when this came out on VHS, it had two VHS tapes because it was so long. Right, right.
1: <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> like Titanic, my Titanic. Yes, right, right, I had yeah. a Titanic like that.
2: But the, the halfway point happens. Um, it's the scene between john glenn and annie glenn and they're kind of they're in bed together or they're kind of on the sofa together like and he's talking about i want to be the first one there it is <laughs> i want to be the first one and then there's a cut showing in my the,
3: vhs tapes
2: in the theaters originally there was an intermission there was a straight up intermission there and if you wow so oh, if if you watch the that first half stop watch hidden figures and then go back and finish the right stuff
0: oh. it becomes this it's,
2: it's an amazing arc because everything that happens in hidden figures kind of mm-hmm. happens in that window wow um, and and we should say hidden figures is uh taraj b henson p henson uh as katherine johnson she was mathematician um and i read about her i had a calculus book and at the end of each chapter there would be like a, a little like bio about a mathematician or something, mm-hmm. and that's where I first learned about her. But I didn't know about all this stuff until later. Most people didn't, they there, most people had no first idea not. about it, yeah.
3: sadly. Um, that movie's great. I really lo- I saw it in theaters, I remember enjoying it. Um, but I, I've heard a lot of uh people feel like it was not all that it could be in terms of honoring these women. I thoroughly enjoy it. I think Taraji P. Henson and Octavia Spencer are mm-hmm. two of the greatest.
0: Actresses
2: yeah, uh, of yes, our time. agreed. Um, it was, they do it was business. yeah, I did, I did too. I, um, it's not a perfect film, but it's I, it's not, it, it's, it's the performances alone and the story alone. Yeah. There's a little bit of, you know, the, the white, white guy hero gonna gonna fix a problem and stand up for what's right which is great but at the same time (laughs) these women were literally human computers who were changing the life of the film
3: itself fits a little bit into the same like um uh, category as like the help Mm. where it's like in theory this is phenomenal because of the performances that are getting to happen or whatever but if you really break it down do we need this story told right now kind of thing. But I do think this story needed to be told. I wish it mm. had been maybe done a little differently, a little less, uh, it, it felt a little family film. It felt a little Disney. Mm. And I wished it had it's been a very, little bit more it was like biopic.
2: Bright. Yeah. It was yeah. very bright. It was very yeah. colorful. But Correct. Yeah. All that being said, it's still go still it. It's still great. And you should absolutely see Janelle it. Janelle Monet is fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Janelle Monae is
3: everything. Um, is. Um, uh, but did you guys know, uh, I'm sure we'll, end up talking about this at some point did you or did you know or did you watch there's a disney plus national geographic show that's an adaptation of the Red that's an adaptation of this movie right uh, oh right right it's I, not even uh, it says it's based on um tom wolf's novel but then has it has it it has there's seven oh, okay. episodes out and i think it's over i think that's the that's the oh show. but it's national geographic and disney um pairing to make it and it's uh Looks really interesting, but on the first episode, when you click on it, it says based on the screenplay by Philip Kaufman.
1: Wow! Yeah. Okay. So it,
3: um, it that's kind of interesting to me.
2: I should say it has been disavowed by Master Sergeant, retired U.S. Air Force uh, Rick Leggett, who's like the new <laughs> one has. Yeah, he's like it's just he's yeah. like it's just a little too movie of the week, and it it misses yeah. all of the the opera that. of of the right.
3: Movie. And that's something we're talking about right now is is this movie does not shy away from being like these are not necessarily perfect men. These are not like they're they were heroes of the time, but like damn it if they weren't going through some shit and fucking other women and not not John Glenn, but uh everybody else. Apparently John Glenn was just like
2: <laughs> he was you know, he was the boy scout. He truly was the boy scout. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, but, you know, Alan Shepard was always one of my favorite sort of uh, astronaut names that I, I I just love to know. I get like, yeah, I know that Alan Shepard was the first man to make it, you know, the yeah. first American to go to space. Um, but I, you know, and Gus Grisham and all these people. But John Glenn isn't one that I super knew about, except for the fact that he had done the one
2: loop. and or- year he'd done the order, yeah
3: orbit um three orbits but then years later he does like a lot of philanthropy and kind of amazing things like this the
2: congressman
3: congressman uh i want to talk about since we talked about sam shepherd i want to talk about chuck yeager
2: uh-huh
3: who by the way is in the film
2: he's in the film it's one of my oh, p- really?
3: bartender
1: he's the oh, bartender I love that.
2: he's got i literally i've quoted this line my entire since i saw it as a kid y'all yeah. want some whiskey <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, that guy. As, I, you I know exactly who you're talking about. That's yep. He's yeah. the one that that took Sam Shepard up in the plane when Sam yeah. Shepard was terrified of flying. Wow! And probably took him for a fucking crazy Whoop. fucking yeah,
1: night. Exactly. I will say this movie definitely sold me on living in the desert.
3: I was yeah. like, that looks. To- I'm gonna move
1: out in the middle of the desert and get a horse to go.
3: Sure. Around. Yeah. At the beginning, when Sam's riding around on that horse, I was like, oh man, that's yeah. what I want to do. Or yeah, I just yeah. want to like hang out with him while he does that. I just want to <laughs> watch. <laughs> okay, wanna watch or- I, I just, just want to ride, ride behind him and put nice. my arms around his waist. And just if, I could, if I could,
2: if I could just drink whiskey with Chuck Yeager and Sam uh, Shepard for you know, hell because, yeah. Because like they were just, and I guess like. All that shit happened. Like he he yeah. he broke his ribs the night before he broke the sound barrier. For sure. Yeah, they had. I yeah. can. We, I want to do a quick shout out to Ridley, the character Ridley, his buddy. Yeah, keeps asking for gum. That's right. um uh. It's Levon Helm, and he also narrates ah, right. the whole movie. And Levon he Helm, does, listen. which is
3: an interesting. That's interesting, right? That it's it's the same person who plays just this kind of small friend to Jaeger. Yeah. Is also the voice of the narration that opens and closes this film. Take a yeah. load
1: off, Fanny. Yeah, take a load
0: off. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of
3: great. <laughs> take um, a load for free. Also, uh, another you know kind of fun casting that popped out to me that I had never thought about before is uh, the father. From his name's William Russ, he's the father yes. from Boy Meets World. Uh huh. Plays. Yeah. Oh my
1: god! Yeah. Wait. The yeah, first
3: guy the who pilots. they're like, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be the, he's gonna be the first one to break the sound barrier, but he will only do it for one hundred fifty thousand. And so Sam Shepard's like, okay, I'll fucking do it for free. Um, but I just remember being like, oh, it's fucking Alan from Boy Meets World. Um, William. Well, Russ. and then
2: the the uh, Scott um fuck what's his name Scott 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 Wilson plays oh, yeah. the other the other test pilot Scott Cross he plays the character right. of Crossfield and he was in walk, he's been in a billion things but he was the sure. old man in Walking Walking Dead yeah that's uh, right and uh, so can we go through this cast let's go through this cast because this is a there's stacked some, ass
3: cast and like we
2: said it is all
3: white dudes and and white women but it, but it is um, still kind of incredible that they got this cast together because not really any of these people had fully taken off yet.
2: No, they Literally. were all on the verge. No, It was
3: all their first right Golden Girls episode. Uh, arguably,
2: <laughs> arguably at the time-
3: They had um, all been on an episode of Golden Girls and-, <laughs> and Murder, She Wrote. wrote. This, <laughs> yes. is, this
2: is pre-Golden Girls, y'all. Pre-Golden. That's true, I guess. That's true. Um, but uh, Veronica Cartwright, uh, who played uh, Betty Grissom, Gus Grissom's wife, Right. She probably was the, she was a child star. Mm. So she'd been in right. like uh, all kinds of sitcoms and she'd been in Hitchcock's The Birds. Yeah. Um She had already been in Philip Alien. Kaufman's. She'd been in Alien. She'd been Two in Philip back. Kaufman's uh, yeah. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Birds. She's in she The Fucking in the bur- Birds. She's in The Birds. Yeah, I totally she's forgot like, about that. She's like 12 or 13, I think, when she did that
3: absolutely wow so she got to, well, she's fantastic yeah. she's
2: amazing th- that's one of my favorite performances in the movie that scene yeah after his whole crash and they sort Ooh. of dump dump him into the hotel yes. with the stocked fridge and yes. she loses her shit yep she's both of them are
3: she's also and I, I could be wrong about this but i'm pretty sure she's the mother i'm looking this up to see if it's true she's the mother in one of my favorite old disney films flight of the navigator
2: Oh, I don't know.
3: Uh, I'm it. looking it up because it up. if it is, it's going to make me super happy. She, her I'm pretty her sure it's...
2: IMDb is insane. Like, yeah, it's, it's insane. huge. Yeah. She's, she's literally been working for 70 years in yeah. Hollywood. Um,
3: There's a lot of connections to the Alien franchise up in this movie. Oh, yeah. You got sure. Lance <laughs> Henriksen.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Lance Henriksen's in it. And mm-hmm. that's before he does. Well, that's before he did Terminator. Yeah. Before he did Aliens. Yeah. Um, before wow. he did oh. uh, Millennium. So, have you, have I told you guys my Lance Hendrickson fuck you story? No. <laughs> no. Okay. So, Lance Hendrickson plays the bad guy in um, Dead Man right. um, with Johnny Depp. Yeah. And he's got, he basically plays a psychopath bad guy. And he's yeah. got this delivery of the line fuck you yeah. that is, to me, one of the best deliveries of fuck you in all of movies. And it's basically like, fuck me fuck you. And it's yeah. so harsh and guttural <laughs> and evil. And so I tell this to a buddy of mine who ends up booking an episode of millennium, goes up to Vancouver to shoot millennium. And I tell him this story. So he comes back, he's like, I got something for you. And he throws a headshot down of Lance Hendrickson. And it's just, Dear Scott, fuck me. Fuck you. Have it. I still have that's
3: it. That's
1: beautiful. Uh,
3: Bishop is who he plays in the alien yes. franchise. Yep. He's uh, in, he's, uh, he's, he's He's sort of the uh, uh, the android he's figure there. in um, both 2 and 3. He's two in Aliens and, three, and yep. Alien 3. Um, he has one of the best end reveals in Alien 3 when he's just this shadow. And you're like, who is it? And then it's Bishop, who you thought was dead the whole time. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. Super cool. Um, but it's not Bishop. It's actually the man who created them all. And he's he
2: formed that's Bishop right.
3: likeness. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. It's all so good. Um, anyway... Yeah. Love Lance Henrickson.
2: Um, Can we talk about my second favorite? Well, not my second favorite, but one of my favorite is fucking Fred Ward. Fred dude. Ward is Gus Grissom. Is Gus Grissom. Yeah. Um, first of all, so we should, I, I, we should point out that th- the portrayal of Gus Grissom is one of the more controversial in the movie. Right. Most everything else in the movie, everybody's like cool with. Right. But he comes off as kind of this dopey kind of ornery kind of guy mm-hmm. in real life. They said that arguably he was probably the best engineer out of all of them. Oh that wow. He, he often, while they were doing tests and working on the rockets and shit like that, he would yeah. often be the one who could solve a lot of mechanical and electrical huh. engineering issues. Um, right. Wow. And, um, and the whole thing with him losing the capsule and all that, um, although that actually happened. Almost assuredly, he had nothing to do with it. They found the capsule, because for years they couldn't find it. They found it at the ocean, and they brought it up, and they were like, right. eh, it, it, it probably was lucky that it didn't blow earlier. Like, if it right, would have blown right. while he was re-entering, it He would have blown
3: up. Um, blown okay, up. so Scott Glenn as Alan Shepard. This is worth talking about. I, I like Scott Glenn. I think he's great in Silence of the Lambs. I think he's a really interesting kind of actor um quicksilver yeah he's you know he's got the Appalachian look um backdraft is what i always think of him mm-hmm, uh yeah. first i think um but he plays alan shepard who was somebody that like i said before like was somebody i always kind of uh loved uh just as a figure and they are they're, they don't shy away from him being like obviously it was a different time but he mm-hmm. him being pretty racist Yeah. Um, But it's not it's coming from a place of like he thinks this character on TV is super funny and he's constantly quoting it. And then one day he does it in front of a Latino man and the Latino man uh, (laughs) sort of gives him a hard time about it. But then later is like, no, man, I'm a fan of yours. Uh, It's cool. And you're like, "Okay." so it's kind of that weird side of it, I think. You know, in a movie made today, that would have probably been um, they just were... cut completely or or pushed against harder. Maybe yeah. Um, uh, it should be
2: said that that actor who plays uh, Gonzalez, the um, the orderly, is uh, is Anthony Munoz, who was right. in real life one of the first uh, Mexican American football players, NFL players. Right, oh. Had a long career from Canada,
3: but moved to yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, wow. Oh, no, not Canada. Sorry. He's from Ontario, California. I'm an asshole. Oh. Um, I just saw Ontario and went, oh, he
2: must be... Canada. I always yeah. just knew and, he um, was Mexican-American. I didn't know where he right. was from. Very uh, cool.
3: Um, and he was on uh, something else. I couldn't think of what it was.
2: He's done a few things. He Oh, he was a here. sideline
3: reporter for for the NFL for years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... Uh, okay.
2: But no, uh, point, point taken, like... Yeah, it's kind of like uh like I remember I cringed the other day at, at a memory of me doing Eddie Murphy doing Buckwheat. Yeah. From Saturday Night Live when I yeah. was a kid cuz you just Which, weren't let's you weren't even fair, thinking
3: was hilarious.
2: It was hilarious, but, but came, I shouldn't have been doing it no and
3: and still is you know the imagery of it is obviously extremely offensive and not worth our our time now but i do remember watching the best of eddie murphy vhs as a kid and replaying the one where buckwheat gets shot and it keeps coming back uh, between between other sketches it keeps coming back to the footage <laughs> yeah. of
2: him being shot.
3: it is very funny it was uh, one of the um but the now few... to watch it it's kind of hard to watch it's oh, pretty, for sure yeah
2: it was one of that bit was one of the few few attempts that Saturday Night Live Live made to do through lines. Yeah. Every couple of years somebody'll try and and do like start a sketch and then have it right. finish at the end of the show and like right. come back to it. And that bit was that was spoofing the Reagan assassination. Right. Attempt, exactly, right. Where it was just like Texaco, life <laughs> yeah. keeps going and Texaco is there. Who shot buckwheat? Let's take a look. Like yeah. it was like, pretty funny yeah
3: um okay so uh that that part of the alan shepard stuff you know but it but it also adds to this side that i was talking about earlier where they're not afraid to kind of show you that these people who we heroize were actually just humans and were kind of trash and were living in a time and didn't know any working better with nazis working with nazis and this whole <laughs> thing um okay so scott glenn does a good job ed harris as john glenn
2: well, it's a yeah. good segue. Cause I was going to bring up uh, to dovetail off what you were just saying, the scene where he calls everybody else out for their fucking around. Like that's an right. important scene. That was an important yeah. scene then. Like, mm-hmm. I, and it took a lot of balls at that. Think about that time to go to stand up in front of these other dudes yeah. who are arguably the best of the best. Like they right. you know that they're all badasses. Like if they all would have started swinging and fighting, like it would have been, uh, brutal it would have been brutal um and i love that scene it's it's a fantastic performance it's what i that's why i know who ed harris is he'd done some other stuff before that but like
3: yeah and you know it's it's kind of fun to watch him in this when i know him so well as the flight director in apollo 13 yeah right Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of a fun um uh easter egg in a weird way to have him in in apollo 13 Uh a cool way but he gives such a phenomenal performance in that and he's so well cast in that movie Mm -hmm. and in this one at the beginning when he first stepped in i've been watching a lot of like angry ed harris like Westworld, you know so i've been kind of in this like no he's a villain ed harris is a villain this is weird that they cast him as john glenn but he is spot on
2: He's Mm -hmm. so good. He's He's so clean-cut Mr. American, you know, and um, yeah, and I mean, he was, you know, he was the, at the time, I mean, he was really the best known real-life person, so it was even harder, I think, to cast that, because everybody, by that time, he's Glenn's a senator. All the other, we know who all the other astronauts were, but we didn't know him like he was. Like he right. was really, and they show him. They show him, like, you know, how they manipulate and, and want to make him the star, so to Right. Speak. And we
3: did talk about Ed Harris as well uh, on our Sam Shep episodes mm. um he was dodge and that buried child performance. my that was god i would have so killed good to see that yeah you should uh, check out broadway hd and watch it because it's it's quite phenomenal um and it's kind of fun to see ed harris and a sam shepherd play when you know they were probably well they don't have a lot of scenes together but they probably would have been buddies right yeah right. yeah um who else do you want? To talk
2: oh, oh. I was. Uh, well, I, I wanted to definitely talk a couple of the women. Barbara Hershey. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. First it's of a all, stutter. it's bar. No, no. Barbara Hershey is. Uh, oh, sorry. Tucker. I was
3: yeah. thinking of Glenn's wife. Yeah. That's, no. um, Barbara Hershey plays Jaeger's wife. Yes. And she's fantastic. And yes. That
2: scene, that scene with the two of them after the the bar burns down. Right. And she's like, don't don't come home. If you if you're going to become one of these guys, I don't want you to come home. Like and right. it's just like, like and and she, she's had a career. I mean, she's got golden. Oh and gold yeah, Emmys. She was the one. Black Swan, dude. Black Swan. She <laughs> she was the one who gave Martin Scorsese, uh, the book of the Last Temptation of Christ and said, "Oh, this hey, into a movie," which is how she got cast. So note to self. <laughs> pitch books to people and, you have know, give bro, books to everyone you know that's a writer you can play uh so you can play mary um in that but Did- she, it's a, it's uh, it's just a great simple role like when she first comes into the bar and they just look at each other and uh, it's sexy. oh that's
3: a great scene it's sexy and and the woman goes uh can i ask you something and the bartender goes don't worry honey they're married <laughs> it's, it's his wife that's oh. his wife
1: who's the lady bartender that swears all the time i like her, her. Name, well, She's
2: fantastic wait hold on i think i have it here
1: i was just trying to look is it, it is up, mary joe no
2: mary no. mary jim dashanel is uh annie glenn
1: she
3: does a great job
2: um, um, uh, oh no, wait, Kim, but that's Kim the Stanley, the the is Kim Stanley, is the actress who plays uh Poncho Barnes, or actor? Oh, okay, sorry. cool. Yeah. Um, oh, Pamela Reed as oh, uh, um, she's great. One. She's so fucking good, and I think in many ways, like she's the character that I'm with through yeah. a lot, so much of this journey, like because you see her reacting to so much shit, and yeah, um. I think she and Dennis Quaid are perfectly paired. And
3: agreed. And I, you know, I, I, the only thing I ever think of her in is Kindergarten Cop, (laughs) and I totally forgot she was in this movie. And I was like, oh yeah, and she's fantastic. She's 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 really different than she is in Kindergarten Cop. Oh yeah, but she's
2: also plays uh, Amy Poehler's mom on Parks and Rec. She's reoccurring. Oh really? Oh cool. Um, she she voices for the Simpsons. She's been in countless TV shows but yeah. uh wow. she's she's just lovely and her casting is perfect and well,
0: let's, let's talk,
2: talk about uh, go ahead. Diet. No no yeah you go ahead. I was going to say let's
0: talk
3: about Dennis Quaid's smile. <laughs> because it is the most shit eating smile but you can't help but kind of like him yeah. but you also want to kind of punch him in the face. Yeah. But it's like the most smarmy. He's got the big Jack Nicholson, Joker smile, the whole movie for And he's perfectly cast. Um, Just, and he gives a great
2: performance. It is. It's a great performance. And it, it was an interest. He was an interesting human being Yeah. on top of everything else. But, um, it's also because of him, one of my favorite buttons, of any movie ever yeah. like the buildup of uh, the best pilot you've ever seen who's the best yeah. pilot you ever seen right uh, then then that the the final line and for a few brief moments you know he, he was, was the, the, the best the pilot, pilot yeah, exactly. ever.
3: i think that's a great framing for this movie because it's so you wouldn't i mean Dennis Quaid is not Gordon Cooper is not who we're focused on for the first hour and a half of this. No, no. no. like at all. He's kind of, you almost think he's going to end up being almost like an antagonist or something. You're kind of like, Oh, is he going to be the asshole? But he never is. It's he's just always sort of like messing with people and stuff. But then, yeah, to get him that arc at the end. Cause he almost at one point almost answers, that Chuck Yeager is the best pilot. About. Yes. Oh yeah. That's a great mm-hmm. moment. That's a beautiful moment for Dennis Quaid acting wise. It's amazing. It's kind of a long answer he gives where they're like,
0: yeah.
3: Uh, who's the best pilot you've ever seen. And you think he's going to say, Chuck uh, you're looking at him. No, you think he's going to say, oh, you're looking yeah, yeah, at yeah. Him, like at first, because that's what he says to his wife all the time. Right. right. And then as he starts talking, you realize, Oh, he's going to say Chuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. And then someone interrupts him and goes, you're looking at him. Right. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, that. And then everyone laughs. And that's the end of the moment. But it's like kind of incredible that you would decide to put that moment in the movie. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. it didn't have to like this could have been just a moment, a a movie of like, oh, yeah. And then there was this guy, Chuck Yeager. Uh, He didn't get to go. But these all these people got to go. And here's why. But instead, it was like it's it's about all of them. Yeah. It's about every single one of them. Mm-hmm. There is no one of them we're supposed to be following. Right. And it focuses I, yeah. on like four of them, maybe a little heart more than yeah, the you rest.
2: Can't, you can't, you know, they don't go into Wally Shirah who's Lance. Right. right.
3: Yeah. It's not a, it's not a, a Avengers end game. Right. You know, <laughs> they, can't, they can't get every single, but this movie is an Avengers end game in terms of casting. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And in
2: terms of balancing so many storylines yeah. and that whole, that whole sort of denouement where they're they're all being celebrated in texas and there's this big barbecue and you have the what's her name the all well, the, the texas her...
1: songs i was singing along with <laughs> yeah, right
2: but you, the, yeah. the 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 dancer with the feathers uh-huh. and and then showing jaeger mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know on his, on that that trip which is just it's crazy like he literally fell from the edge of the atmosphere <sighs> he fell from the edge of the atmosphere. And in the movie they show it, they don't go into huge detail, but in real life what happened was when he ejected the rocket that was bursting, right. like, caught the his suit on fire, so the helmet melted into his face. Yeah. So when you see him walking with this parachute across the desert and his face is all scarred up, it's because his the plastic and glass melted into it, they had to pick it out.
3: And that was when he proved he had... The, the right stuff.
0: uh oh, oh, oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> What if the end of this movie was is and for one moment he was the best pilot of all time. uh
0: oh, 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 oh.
3: <laughs> I'd watch that movie. Um <laughs> I'm gonna edit it in and send it to you guys. Uh, I, um
2: okay.
3: what else, Scott? This is your pick. I wonder what it no, was. I it. no, all thanks
2: right. for indulging me. I just think that you know, it's it's everything we've talked about. It's just so this amazing nexus of of all these performers. It's yeah. a brilliant yeah. film by a director who, who often doesn't get talked about. But when you look at Philip Kaufman's shit, like he yeah. did the story for Raiders Lost Ark. He started directing in, in the 60s doing independent stuff. He does the Outlaw Josie Wales. He directs The Wanderer, uh, The yeah. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which like Pauline Kael oh, right the best horror film she ever saw and didn't think anybody would ever make a better one. Wow. And it's pretty fucking great. If you've never seen it, it's great. No, yeah. It's phenomenal. It's, it's yeah. really awesome. I um, also
3: love the sequel. They live.
2: They live. It's great. Fantastic. Um, he does the unbearable lightness of being, which is a fucking highly underrated movie and a highly underrated Daniel Day Lewis performance. If you yeah. Yeah. It. I remember that it's sexy it's dark it's complicated and history he was a history major philip kaufman and then he does henry and june uh he knew henry miller uh and he knew East nin philip kaufman did. oh wow uh and it was the first nc-17 movie so he right. directed and then he directed <laughs> the the screen version of quills like he just did a whole bunch of shit and, and it's not a great it's Quills okay is a it.
3: play, right? Quills
2: was a play or a book. Yeah, Marqueen it was, a, it was a play. It
0: was a play right. about the Marquis de And they
3: song. made a. It's a Jeffrey Rush, Kate Winslet flick. Is that right?
2: Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is in it. It's Joaquin, not bad. Right, oh, it's right, got right.
1: Jeffrey Rush in it. I yeah. love yeah. me some Jeffrey it's, Rush. It's, it's, yeah.
2: it's definitely worth seeing. It kind of. I can't remember what else came out it's, that year that kind of overshadowed. it. In the it.
3: same, it no, it's. I think it's even the same year as Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet
2: it might be you might because be right,
3: right. it sort of overshadowed it in that way where it was like this other kate winslet performance
2: yeah, that, that was, was like big. 94 or something i think was that 90, yeah 95 yeah. 96
1: Some, yeah but you're right yeah, yeah. can
3: we um, get uh a uh i'd love to hear y'all's um best performer in the film
1: mm, um
2: siege siege you want to go
0: Kim first?
1: stanley i like the i like the sassy lady bartender
2: <laughs> sweet hell yeah yeah she's great um <laughs> i'm gonna i i uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say i have a tie with sam sam and ed um yeah. i think they're both extraordinary and they both nail what they're supposed to do i think that also these kind of paint kind of different sides of the american man circa 1950s 1960s and right um yeah. By yeah. the
3: way, um CJ, Kim Stanley mm. played Masha in the Three Sisters film.
1: What? <laughs> that's there
3: 1966. There you go. She knew
1: check-off. They dated.
3: Uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: That's cool. Yeah, With Geraldine was...
2: Page. She oh my
1: god. Oh, forget geez. about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was a yeah, Kim Stanley was had a pretty good career. Well, yeah. that's what
1: I i love looking at at this cast on IMDB. It's one of, it's it's like looking at a Golden Girls cast or just of that time where the headshots are like respected actors that we've known for years and decades now that right. have aged and then all of these people from it from a time way before our time and all of their headshots are black and white
3: yeah her i mean <laughs> she's definitely a time before like her final film is in the 80s 80, it's 84 and it's the um made for tv cat on a hot tin roof starring just <laughs> kalang and tommy lee jones yeah I what? Remember who are which children was, in it like they look which like was they're 37
1: fucking years ago now yeah. you know yeah. i mean yeah
3: crazy shit um what about cool.
2: you bales who's your favorite oh, yeah. performance
3: uh you know what sam Shepard, man sam Shepard takes yeah. it i it, maybe it's my love for him i don't know but just from that the beginning you know when we see him on that fucking horse
0: yeah. i was
3: just like man yeah dude like i want to cast him in every movie and he's got he's got nuance without doing anything yeah it's very he, just, he keeps it simple he's just
2: there truthful and yeah understands, I bel- I understands who that. the guy is and that's right and where his his shit comes from yeah yeah, i just
3: i never doubt yeah. him and i i just think he's he's fantastic he's
2: awesome yeah um i um i want to throw out there and i'll look it up and we can post it in the in the notes for the show and shit okay uh, in the in the mid 80s mid to the late 80s hunter s thompson in mm. response to he was a huge tom wolf they were buddies and he was a huge tom wolf right he went and he does a whole essay that i think is in the great shark hunt which okay. is a collection of his essays and articles where he goes and he talks to the new generation of test pilots mm-hmm. and how he was deathly disappointed that none of them had that swagger, that none of them uh, had, uh, in- they were all, they were all engineers at that point. But they, eventually you, the whole Chuck Yeager thing goes out. Like you're not, there's no way you can be a pilot in the military or a test pilot without having a master's degree in, engineering right. in mathematics or whatever. Right. Uh, and just talking about that, he and he was like, well, he's like, I understand you going up in an airplane going at three times the speed of sound. That maybe you want to do some safety checks, but <laughs> also I to, like, I just love the idea of Chuck Yeager climbing in with broken ribs and having to have a, a broom handle, cut off broom handle, so he can close the door and throw it in the back and let's see. How, let's flip the switches and see if we can do it. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's. Let's just kick cool. this pig. But yeah. uh, thanks for letting me uh, share this film, you guys. Absolutely, it's, it's one this of my was favorites a favorites, And it's it's I love revisiting it every couple of years, and it, I love all the performances. It's
3: one of those movies that yes, it's three hours and fifteen minutes long, but when it's over, you go, "Oh, I could have watched three more hours of that."
2: It's very satisfying. I think yeah. you know that that button and and how it comes full circle, and yeah, we didn't even talk about like all the stuff and all the Australian stuff where it gets. Yeah. Really oh, spir- right. It's it real spiritual. Yeah. Like there's, there was a spiritual that's element. I think that that's what Shepard act. Yeah. yeah. So that's the one thing I think Shepard captures so well is that that first time that you see sort of the close up of, mm-hmm. of him with the goggles and he breaks yeah. down barrier and it's just, blue blur and space odyssey stuff yeah and you know and it's like there was a a spiritual element to this as well
3: absolutely i agree and you know yeah we skipped over a lot i mean there's a way to step through like the score (laughs) is so incredible the score is amazing the score cracked me
1: up because at the top i was like is that battle hymn of the republic and the main theme is very battle hymn of the republic and then Um, that is the um, song that glenn was humming coming back into the atmosphere yes exactly exactly did you come up with that
3: yeah yeah it's uh it's you know the score from that first horn chime you know the you're just like i mean there was a demon exactly and he's flying through the air with that through the clouds that never ending story opening and you're just like oh my gosh i i was i i fell back in love with the movie all over again it was it was super fun so i appreciated it yeah Scott. oh oh actually one last thing i want to talk about just i just wanted to shout it out is the scene where alan shepard has to pee and he's up in the space shuttle and he's been sitting there for hours and there's this montage i think this is one of the weirdest directorial choices i've ever seen in my life there's this montage that alan shepard does not witness any of these things but it's showing them like pouring coffee and like the, like, the fire hose bottle. like like fire hose and the these, water it,
2: yeah
3: yeah it made me have to pee. <laughs> it's but a, it's a brilliant film. But the way because, that it's it's set up is it's as if it's making Alan have to pee more. Right. But he's not seeing any of the things that are it's happening. Making, it's
2: making you have to pee <laughs> more. You You're in it. <laughs> so like, I had
3: to pee through the whole back half of this film, but you know and, it was worth it. Um, Um, And I didn't realize I could have just paused it and walked. You could have just paused it, but but you don't want to because You don't want to. I just
1: carried it with me to the bathroom when I had it. Yeah,
3: you just peed on on yourself like Alan Shepard. Um, Yeah, phenomenal film. You guys have anything else you want to say about it?
2: No. Thank you. Thank you. Um, That's all I got. Yeah. No, this was fun.
3: Thank you all then. Go watch The Right Stuff. Thanks for joining us for Theater, Theater, and The Right Stuff. Our next miniseries is on the playwright Sarah Rule. Dead Man's Podcast is the name of that one, and our next stuff bonus episode will be a CJ's pick. CJ, you want to let us know what that is?
1: Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars.
0: If wars of the Stars.
2: Star Wars, please let me stay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
3: Star Wars, guys. We're gonna get into it. It's a space opera, and we're gonna kind of relate it back to theater, but we're also just gonna like nerd out and rank our Star Wars. Uh favorites from least yes. to greatest it's going to be fucking weird and we're going to beat each other up and I can't wait mm-hmm. Um, not since the odd non controversy of 2021 I January 21 uh, will there have been this hardcore of a battle royale between the <laughs> Uh no, it's going to be great so let's close it out guys
2: Word, Siege
1: hey give us your opinions and your notes and shit don't roll your eyes at me Bailey I saw that uh, we're on Instagram. We've got an email. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Send us messages. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about. Ask us your questions. Give us your corrections, please.
3: Yeah, correct us.
2: I feel like we're wrong more
0: often.
1: I'll take. Right. I'm always down for <laughs> learning more. Do yeah, it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Here, here. Um, I would like to give a very special thank you and shout out to Annie Baker for writing this. Episode, <laughs> for writing the right stuff yeah the right she did not write the
3: right stuff but she wrote Uh, the the right stuff
2: stuff she wrote the right stuff yeah uh (laughs) annie baker um you're gonna have a beer with us someday it's not a threat it's it's, it is a threat it's it's an invite uh uh, also a big (laughs) shout out to pamela quinn for writing uh our original uh, original song for this uh she's um been steadfast and with us from the beginning also a huge shout out to ryan thomas johnson uh for writing our theme song i'm so proud of our theme song i love our theme song
0: i love you guys it's good
3: Follow us on all the things. Catch up with us next week for Sarah Rule. Uh, we'll probably have a couple episodes out of that miniseries and then Star Horse. Star wait. Horse. Yeah. yeah. Star yes. Horse.
0: Yes. Uh Uh, 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 uh <laughs> One thing I'm in the oh. middle The right stuff. The theater. The theater. <laughs> Theater. To be or not to be. Theater. Theater.